Well, here we are again. Week one. A week one with much more pressure than in years past. Why? A GM in year four. A free agency with a lot of spending. A QB in year three. A QB with a new wide receiver one. A first round wide receiver and a star running back returning. A defense that isn't a surprise anymore. Expectations to be a good defense. A head coach who captured the hearts of fans. But now the expectation is to capture wins. It's time for the New York football giants to win. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose. Well, it's time to kill and let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. Your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick, and we have your Week One New York Giants versus the Denver Broncos preview. We got an interview with JoJo Rolls of Mile High Report uh, in the middle, and then we're going to finish off with Danny King doing our fantasy drafts, Giant factors, and our quick pickums. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, I'm good. I am excited. I'm nervous. We'll talk about that. But I'm extremely, extremely excited. This is the first time, and I can't tell you, 700-some days probably, since I've been at MetLife Stadium for a relevant football game that actually does mean something. So it's really, really exciting. I'm planning on seeing a lot of people. I hope to see a lot of you. If you're going to be uh, at the game, I'm going to be in most likely parking lot J. I'm going to be hanging out with snacks. I'm not going to be in K. I'm going to park in K, but I'll be in parking lot J with snacks. We're going to have a great time pregame, and we're going to enjoy a Giants win. So, I mean, I have a little speech, but... You know, I'm going to save it. How are you, Bobby Skinner? I'm good. And, you know, you said you're nervous. I, I'm nervous, too. But I, I am. A, if you're not nervous, you're not ready. And we're going to. So if if you're new, if you know, you weren't familiar with the shows last year, our Friday shows, the first, you know, the first portion is literally us like talking about, you know, the, the matchup, like previewing the matchup. Then we have a quick 10, 15 minute interview with someone who covers the other team besides division rivals. So Eagles, Washington and Cowboys, you don't have an interview on those ones. And then we uh we have some segments to finish off that are a little uh little less serious but but fun. Um the fantasy draft, like people think it's just a game, like but it's like it's a good way to preview matchups. Yep. <sighs> Justin, do you want to get ready to right into the matchup or do you have anything you want to say? You did your speech in the beginning, at least on the podcast app for the hype up, and you know, here here's my little spiel before we start getting the matchups. What year is this Dave Gunnelman, Bobby? Four. You're four. 2018, we heard rebuilds take time. 2018, we heard I have a plan. We have a plan. Well, there's no more ifs, ands, or buts, or excuses after this, right? And I know time this is, win. you know, no shit Sherlock type of statement, but it starts now. There is no, oh, you have to wait and see. There is no, we, we have a plan. There's still this to do. 
It's right now. The Giants have kind of dug their own grave, and I'm so glad that they did by getting Kenny Galladay, getting Adoree Jackson this offseason. They have dug their grave, and they said that this is going to be the year that we are going to try and rock and roll and become relevant again. And it starts this Sunday. We are one of the worst national, we're one of the worst teams in the National Football League when it comes to week one and two. It's time to change the narrative. Play relevant football in September. Keep football relevant in October. And let's even get into November this year. How about that? So it starts right here. It starts week one. Um, this game has a lot on the line. It's it's kind of bigger than football this Sunday with you know 20 years since 9-11 too. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, you know mo- you know people that have a lot of emotions kind of going throughout the stadium too. So make it worth something. Start out 1-0. It's time to win. Win or else. Playoffs or bust. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the matchup, and we're going to talk about their defense first. And, and you know, with that comes Nate Solder starting a right tackle and Evan Ingram being out. But I kind of want to – let's start with their secondary because they have revamped their secondary, Justin, with Ronald Darby and, and Kyle Fuller added in free agent. Bryce Call- Like Bryce Callen, you'll hear in the interview that Patrick Sertan really isn't going to be part of that starting group unless it's a surprise. Like they've been running a lot of dime packages when Sertan comes in and he'll rotate in. But, like, don't expect to see a ton of Sertan. But they did draft him. You know, you have Justin Simmons, who's a really good free safety. So their secondary is revamped. But, like, I'm not, you know, and this is going to be the theme of this preview, is that I'm not scared of their secondary. Like, their secondary compared to us isn't close. Like, Darby's a good player. He's a good player. Kyle Fuller's a good player. But none of those, neither of those guys are viewed at as top corners, like cornerback, top cornerback ones. You know, where James Bradbury is viewed as the top of the league. Adore is like, you know, you like he's a he's a luxury to have someone at that level at cornerback too. Like I probably would take Adore over both those guys. You can make arguments for both, but I would take Adore, especially in the cornerback two role in those situations. And their defense, if you look at, you know, in the versus the run game, and, and we'll talk about them against with their pass rushers, they gave the fourth most yards per carry last year at 4.8, you know, and, and just had the eighth worst scoring defense in the NFL. So their defense is better. Vaughn Miller is returning. But I'm not scared of this defense. Like, we added pieces. Kenny Galladay is here. Saquon's back. Kenny Darius Tony is here. It's year two in this Jason Garrett offense that they, you know, they, they brought Jason Garrett back, and it's year three of Daniel Jones. Like, I have expectations to not light it up, but to score points. Like, we should not be afraid of this Broncos defense. We should respect it, but this isn't this isn't a defense I don't think that should be feared. I'm more or less afraid of uh, ourselves rather than any other opponent so far. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's – and with the with those pass rushers, and, and I guess I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, like, Vaughn Miller missed the entire season last year, and he's 32 years old. Like, he's in the decline of his career. The Broncos were almost cut him this offseason for nothing. You know, and even in 2019 when he played at eight sacks, ten tackles for a loss, which are good numbers. Like, he's still a really good pass rusher, but, it's you know, it's, he's not the dominant guy he once was. Bradley Chubb, it looks like he might not even play, but if he does, he had seven and a half sacks last year, nine tackles for a loss. That's good, but if Leonard Williams puts up those numbers this year, you'll have some people be like, oh, did he regress? Like Leonard Williams had, you know, had four more sacks than Bradley Chubb, and like five, and like five or six more tackles for a loss than, than Chubb had last year. So, you know, with our offensive line, it worries you. But this isn't T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree Week One like we saw last year. Like this is this is a step below on every level of their defense, and expect you know their linebackers in the middle is probably their weakness. Um, so like Nate Solder is is the worry. Andrew Thomas is the worry. But it's, they're a worry because they're just a worry. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not afraid of this defense compared to other defenses in the NFL. Like, next week versus Washington is on a, is a different level than what we're facing this week. You know, and the good thing about, you know, the opponent that we're playing on the other side of the football is that if you look at the EPA rankings uh, 2019 and 2020, if you put it on, like, a spray chart, um, the Giants' offense and the Broncos' offense are actually, like, the exact same in terms of their overall efficiency and you know what they've done the last two years. They are exactly the same. It's almost like they've had the two exactly like similar seasons uh with each other too in terms of their overall efficiency there. So, you know, do you trust the Giants offense to score more points? Or do you trust the Broncos offense to squeeze out a few more points? And certainly with uh, the, I'm sure there's a Denver Broncos podcast that's saying the same thing, where it's like, oh, the weapons that we have and the wide receivers that we have, I trust them more than I trust the Giants offense when they haven't even played throughout the entire training camp. So, but we're a Giants show, and we're going to say that we're going to win. Oh, yeah, and, and we should expect to win. Like, you know, the past two years I've done this show, it's been the Steelers um, week one and then the year before the Cowboys week one. And, I, you know, if, if we're ever not favoring a game, you'll find on this podcast, I do like the path to victory. This week, it's not a path to victory. It is we should win. Yeah. The, the The path to victory should be we are the better team than the Denver Broncos if we have these expectations to win this year, which I do. Um, let's talk about our offensive line, though, because there was some big news. And, and Nate Solder is most likely going to be starting at right tackle. It's an unofficial depth chart, but last year it was 100% accurate when they put it out. So and I just don't think they would put Parrot and Solder through the ringer just to, to play, like, mind games. Like, that's, you know, like those guys have... have Joe Judge wants to protect his players, okay? And the ringer that Matt Perry and Nate Solder have went through the past few weeks, few days, haven't been good because of this. And this is disappointing because we said all offseason, if Nate Solder beats out Matt Perry, then we should be pretty discouraged with Matt Perry because Nate Solder is not a good player. And I'm sorry, like, I do not expect some type of bounce back for Nate Solder. And even then, if it's a bounce back, his, he was never... Like, look at the year before he was he was signed by the Giants. He gave up five more pressures with Tom Brady as his QB than Andrew Thomas did last year. You know? So, like, I don't ever view Nate Solder... Like, I just... There's... For what? It's like, what are we bouncing back to? Yeah. And they tried <laughs> to give Matt Parrott the starting job. Like, they tried to give Matt Parrott the starting job. And he just wasn't able to win it. He's yeah. not ready. And, and I'm not even mad at, at Pear. It's the fact that we're in this situation and, and Solder opting out really did screw this team because he wasn't supposed to be here this year. The plan was to have this happen last year. But they had to bring him back because of his salary um, unless he was going to retire, which he he wasn't. So it's just it's disappointing because Matt Parrott lost out to Nate Solder because of who he lost out to. Like, and I'm not mad at Parrot for not being developed in year two. Like, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't an all all or nothing. He could still develop. But I will say that if Matt Parrot doesn't overtake Nate Solder at some point this season, which he very well may, uh, very well may, and look good, then they kind of have to give up on him as a starter. Yeah. Because you can't go into year three with a, uh, maybe. Like, it has to be, like, there has to be someone brought in. And Matt Parrott can now be the backup tackle, and maybe we have a good backup tackle in him. But if he doesn't come in and play consistent games in a row, not just rotating, starting full games and having teams game plan for him and look good, then you just can't move on forward with him. So, like, I don't view Matt Parrott really as a starting option going forward because even when he does, if because at some point he probably will overtake Nate Solder this year. I'm not expecting him to be good because he couldn't beat beat out Nate Solder to start the yeah. year. You know, it's frustrating because we were spoon fed that the tackle situation is fine. And they named Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott by name. And I don't think Nate Solder, like, yes, him opting out sucked last year because then he would have been gone this offseason. But I still don't view 
Nate Solder as the reason why the Giants didn't make an upgrade at tackle this year. You know, uh, that's not the reason why. I know they had to carry the the dead cap money, and that was his now. That's now his base salary. I understand they had to do that, but I don't view Nate Solder as the reason why the Giants didn't draft a Sean Slater. Let's say um, again, I think they they made their bed with the free agents that they signed, and then they also made their bed with how they chose to attack this offseason and the draft. And I will never be upset at getting an extra first-round pick. But the one time that the Giants actually do trade back, in 2018, you had an opportunity. 2019, you know, you can argue that you had an opportunity, but I don't want to get into that. The one year that they actually do trade back, we could look back on it and say, damn, we were screwed by that. But I don't even have the issue with the trade back because I like the trade no, back. No, I, I agree. My issue is that they didn't they didn't view right tackle as something that they should have bring it, brought in an upgrade over. Right. They believed in Matt Parrott, and clearly that was a bad decision. Okay, and I don't want to hear that, oh, well, they just want to give Solder the reps versus a guy like Von Miller and, and the you know Chase Young um, week one and week two because if that was the case, then why did they try and give Matt Parrott the starting job all camp? Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to hear the – stop with the – it's Matt Parrott's back. Nate Solder missed two weeks, you know, more recently yeah, Matt, with a shoulder injury. Nate, Matt Parrott was given a head start. <laughs> Half a camp head start. <laughs> Nate yeah, Solder like, came back during the Patriots joint practices, and I was surprised to see him out there. That's how long of a camp that Matt Parrott had a head start. Yeah, and, and you know, well, he, he did start on pup, but he was put up, brought off pr- like very, like pretty quickly. Within the first week. Missed- yeah, he hasn't missed a practice since. So, like, I just don't want to hear those excuses. And yeah. and I never use the ankle as an excuse for Thomas's poor play in, in 2020 either. Um, So, it stinks. So, this could be, like, you know, and this is why all offseason, I was like, I am much more worried about Matt Parrott than yeah. I am Shane Lemieux. One, because of the position. But it's like, you know, like Matt Parrott, like, there's no, there's no, like, there's nothing to go off of, of to say that he's going to be good besides potential. Like, that was all, you know, because even in, and his like his his substitution in the rotation, he started to kind of get figured out towards the end. Like versus the Ravens, he was bad. You know when he came in, he gave up a sack and he had a couple other bad plays in his limited reps. And then week seventeen, they didn't rotate them at all. Um, so it, it just stinks that Matt Parrott wasn't able to win this job. And and I I do agree that we will see him at some point this year, but I'm just not expecting it to be good. Right tackle is going to be a weakness for this team all year long. Yeah, I believe. and the reason why we are going to see Matt Parrott is because you know. More likely than not, Nate Solder is going to be bad. And yeah, that if is Nate why. Solder is good, there will be nothing that has surprised me more over the last three years of doing this podcast than that. Yeah, like I, I, I just, sorry, it's not going to happen. I already you promised know? one of our listeners, I believe his name is Cole. Um, said in a private DM with them, I said if Nate Solder starts the year at right tackle, I'm going to, sh- I will, I will legit shave my head. So Monday, if Nate Solder starts at right tackle on Sunday, Monday I will be shaving my head. Well, nah, we will see you with a shaved head on on Monday or the next time. The next time after Wednesday's, after the game, Wednesday show. Yeah, Wednesday's mail uh, or Wednesday's preview because we have a Thursday night game. Ah, yes. So this this episode will be on a Wednesday next week. Um, yeah, and and like Dave Gettleman said, Nate Solder was bad in 2019. Yeah, you that, know? that's the frustrating thing, Bobby. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but that's the frustrating thing to me is that in the off season where we got Andrew Thomas before. Dave Gunnelman said the tackle situation is a problem. So that's, it was a matter of in 2020, it's like, oh, you know, not necessarily what player are we going to pick. It's just which tackle we are we going to pick? Like we knew the position that the Giants were going to go after. It's just which one of the four were they going to get? And now this offseason, I, you know, Dave Gunnelman said that I 
got the impression that we're fine with the tackle situation. And then to see, that's why it's so disheartening. And I think I took the the spoon-fed, you know, we were spoon-fed the narrative that Matt Parrott was going to be good and he was going to be the starter. I took that. And that's why I was more worried about Shane Lemieux because I took that information that they're confident in Parrott and they're confident in what he's going to be. And lo and behold, it's week one and, you know, he's not, he's not starting. And it, it's more disheartening that Nate Solder's starting than like even like even if it was Cam Fleming, Bobby, I wouldn't have a problem if it was Cam Fleming. I wouldn't have a problem if it was Mike Remmers. It's the fact that it's Nate Solder who was the worst player at his position in 2019, and then even before he got to the Giants, he was one of the worst in his position too, and we still gave him that big contract. I also don't view the year off as a good thing for Nate Solder. Either. No, like he admitted to not working out. Like if you go go read his article coming back, he basically like flat out said like I need the money. Like I'm I'm coming back for the money. And I just don't think Nate Solder has some like big chip on his shoulder to prove that he's still a guy. I just don't. Watch the way he talked. Look at his tweet after the draft in 2019. It is a tweet of someone who hates the like like the way the NFL like oh, treats yeah. his players, and he should. You know, like I'm not criticizing. Like I like you know like there'll be people like oh Nate Solder should give money back. No, screw that. Not a dime back to quote Jim Calhoun. Um, like like. Like, I don't blame him for that, but I just don't think Nate Solder's coming back with some huge chip on his shoulder to prove to the NFL. Like, I think he's, wa- yeah, I think he's washed up. And practices, games have kind of pointed to that with Nate. So, yeah. Um, other things with the offense, and we'll, we'll, we'll go quickly with the defense because we spent a lot of time on that. Evan Ingram most likely is not going to play. I, I would be, I would be shocked if he does play. It is, the, he is the one starter though where it kind of doesn't move the needle for me like any type of worry. Like, I'm almost, excited because I was like I want to see what this team looks like with Kyle Rudolph as the clear tight end one and Caden Smith as tight end two like I want to see what it looks like with two blocking like tight ends who are capable blockers capable receivers they're not going to be the athletes that Evan Ingram are but they have less negatives than what Evan Ingram has like I'm actually really excited to see how the tight end position works like you know I, when I'm looking at film next week it's like okay what happened let's see what this offense looked like out of their two tight end sets which the Giants run a ton of and I don't think it's going to change with Evan Ingram out yeah no and there's only two tight ends on the roster and not counting Evan Ingram he would be the third you know there's no backup there's no I think Izzo probably will get called up from the practice squad but that's just speculation that's just speculation so as of right now there's there's only two not counting Evan Ingram, who was not going to play. So, you know, maybe they do some sort of jumbo set if they want to do 13 personnel where you're putting Elijah Penny out there where you put another big lineman out there. Hey, that's where Matt Pear comes in. You know, Matt Pear's going to get playing time as the third jumbo tight end in 13 personnel. So um, that's what I'm thinking they're going to do. But also, I want to see shotgun. You can even do 12 personnel to shotgun. You know, I think Daniel Jones is a much better passer when going out of the shotgun, especially when you talk about play action, where Jason Garrett and the Giants last year, and we give him crap for the pre-snap motion stuff, they actually did run play action a decent amount, and play action is one of those legal forms of cheating in the NFL. Um, Daniel Jones, I think, is a lot better when he's not turning his head away from the defense and when he can run out of the shotgun and kind of just keep his eyes out on the secondary. So run more shotgun with Daniel Jones passing, and then I think even Saquon Barkley is a much more efficient runner out of the shotgun too. We'll talk a little bit more sort Saquon in the fantasy draft because obviously he's going to come up in that. Um, but we expect him to play. Uh, let's let's go quickly through their offense. Um, what to expect? Um, the wide receiver tr- like group is legit. You know, like I think like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick on the outside are two big bodies and capable receivers. So Sutton had 1,100 yards in 2019 before missing last year. Judy got like a lot of crap for his rookie year. Honestly, I feel good. I think Judy is Judy. Jerry Judy is number one like worry for the Giants. One because he's going to line up in the slot, which is where our weakness is on defense. Um, and 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be checking down a little more. So that gives, you know, that gives Judy uh, some more chances to get the ball in his hands. But like he had over 850 yards last year as, as a rookie. Um, you know, and, and I always, and I bring up the interview, but like you have to remember, Broncos basically had 15 games of having a QB. I mean, because they had the one game where they had Kendall Hinton at QB with all the COVID stuff. Um, but as far as Bridgewater, Bridgewater, he's going to complete a punt, a ton of passes. But last year, he had a career high of touchdowns and 15. 15, that was his career high. And in that year, he had 11 interceptions, you know, which was, you know, that was one more than Daniel Jones had last season. Um, and, and Bridgewater missed the game last year. I think on third down, we are going to torture Teddy Bridgewater. I hope so. I really do. I For- cannot wait to see what Patrick Graham does on third down. Force him to throw the ball downfield. I mean, because if he's not, if he doesn't do it anyway, and if you know he's not going to do it, then force him to. You know, How, if Jerry Judy goes up and he beats Darnay Holmes one on one, or if one of these other outside wide receivers uh, mosses one of these outside corners, then like, sure, you tip your cap and then you adjust after that. But make Teddy Bridgewater throw the ball deep, and I would love to see some different energy to start this year for this Giants defense of being aggressive, having Teddy Bridgewater kind of running for his life a little bit. That's that's what I would love to see week one. I think we're going to see four safety looks because Bridgewater is good at diagnosing plays and finding the check down where you have Julian Love lining up in the nickel. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know, you're going to get some hybrid zones, some different things like that. Um, I really think they're going to throw a lot at Teddy Bridgewater to get him thinking and force check downs and force mistakes. I mean, look at Alex Smith, who was known for check downs. He had three interceptions in that game versus the Giants last yeah. year. I know he came in in relief, but it's like it. this, you know, what Patrick Graham can do is mess with those QBs where some, D, you know, some defensive coordinators can, they can get some shots on on the aggressive QBs and they blitz and stuff like that. Patrick Graham can, you know, he can force the guys that don't make mistakes into making mistakes. So, absolutely, I think turnovers are going to be huge, and interceptions in general yeah. are going to be huge for the Giants this year. Offense. And we got we we got Black Picasso as our defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, Black Picasso. Um, offense is going to need all the help that it's going to get that it needs, and forcing turnovers and setting us up in good field position is definitely going to be. A factor. So let's do it. You have anything else before we kick it to the interview? I would like you to read the ad. Ah, come on! You don't pull that crap on me. That's what I do. <laughs> the NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't miss offer for Week One. Bet just one dollar on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive two hundred dollars in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get your $302... Free $200 and free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now we have Joe Rolls of Mile High Report. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on of the Cover 2 Broncos podcast, a writer from Mile High Report of SB Nation, Joe Rolls, covers the Denver Broncos, starting off our our season with uh, meeting the opponent. Joe, how are you? And and 
on, on a quick level, how do you feel about your Broncos going into this year? Because week one, everyone's full of hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am as optimistic about this Broncos team as I have been since I started covering the Broncos four mile high report. So I feel really good. Uh, I know that in the past I have definitely been more pretty optimistic ahead of week one, but I don't think I've ever been this optimistic about the entire season uh, since Peyton Manning retired. I think we're in a similar situation with the Giants where it's like, you know, this is year four at Gettleman. They've made some additions, had a good defense last year, and there's the offense. It's like, well, it can't be worse. And then, they, you know, the addition of Galladay, Tony, and, and Barkley is like a brand-new addition. I think Giants fans are in the same place. So, But what I, I want to start with and get it out of the way, we, we can read your injury report, but there's nothing like, you know, covering covering the team and kind of knowing the ins and outs. Like, you can see Adora Jackson on ours, but we, we feel confident he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Where are the Broncos at with, like, one Chubb and Noah Fant, because those are like the two names that pop out. Uh, it sounds like Noah Fant is going to be able to play. Uh, I have not seen the Thursday injury report yet. The Broncos have not dropped it. Uh, but based on what I know from what they've been saying with Fant, it sounds like he'll be able to suit up. Uh, Chubb is kind of, it's, it looks like it's going to be a 50-50 type of thing. Uh, basically, Chubb, Chubb, the injury kind of cropped up last week. And the Broncos kind of were elusive about the way that they were describing it. And then yesterday Fangio came out with the official injury designation. That was an ankle. And he admitted that it's the ankle is bothering him more than it was last week. And so obviously that does not sound great. Uh, So I, I would early, like right now, I would say that I do not think Chubb will play. Okay. I, I, you know, you don't root for injury, but with the Giants offensive line situation, that, that one doesn't make me feel too bad. How, how's his legal stuff? I know he, there was like some random report and all Giants fans were calling for a six day sentence for him. I feel like he might get a fine, but I don't think he's going to get any sort of real discipline beyond that. Um, And I'm not even sure if he's going to get a fine. It doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. It sounds like he didn't pay a fine and he got in trouble for that. Right. Yeah. I read it and it was nothing, but I was, I was hoping for some stricter punishment. Um, let's, let's talk about on the field, the wide receiver room. We know you have the, you know, Cortland Sutton's Sutton's coming back, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, who I think might be in on pace for a breakout year. It's year two. So that makes sense. And then even, uh, Hamler, how does that wide receiver room play out? Like who's, do you think we'll see be as like the alpha dog? Does Judy play mostly in the slot now with Sutton and Patrick being the bigger guys on the outside And, and where does Hamler fit into it? I think the way they're going to do it is they're going to rotate them around a little bit. Uh, Shermer uses 11 personnel quite a bit. Uh, last year he did it. Uh, they used it 66% of the time. And that was without Cortland Sutton for the whole year. So I would assume that number is going to probably be pretty steady, if not even more. Uh, I know that early on, they're going to try and ease Sutton back into it. So if the Broncos offense is on the field for a long time, they'll probably rotate him out. Uh but I know that they are confident that he's going to be able to play. I don't think there's any real hesitation with that. Um, I would think that it's going to be Tim Patrick, Colton Sun on the boundary, and then Jerry Judy in the slot. And then if KJ Hamler rotates in, what they'll do is they'll move Judy outside, take either Sutton or Patrick off, and then put Hamler in the slot. Who do you see as being like the the main, like the best yard getter from that group? Because Sutton obviously put up good numbers in 2019, but Judy was drafted high and has that pedigree. I think Judy's going to end up being the wide receiver one by the season's end. Uh, I know Sutton, and again, this isn't to you know knock Sutton by any means, but I just think Judy is on another level in terms of the way he's able to create uh, separation. 
And the fact that they have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, they have a quarterback who can maximize that. Um, I think Sutton will be like a 1B to Judy's 1A, but I do think that's how it'll go. Judy is the guy that worries me. I mean, one, you mentioned that he's going to line up in the slot, and that's where if there's one big weakness besides the edge for the Giants, it's like, okay, what are they going to do at nickel corner? Obviously, Bradbury and Jackson on the outside. And Judy, from the outside, it seemed like he kind of got like some unnecessary hate. Like he had a decent season for a rookie. He didn't do Justin Jefferson. And you, I always like when you look at Broncos stats from last year, I always remember it's like they played one game without a quarterback. So it's like you should just look at everything as like a 15-game schedule with their receiving game. Um, but yeah, Judy is definitely like the one player on that Broncos offense that really like, you know, I think probably keeps Patrick Graham up at night. Um, with that, I mean, we know Pat uh, Shermer. You know, he was very aggressive with Daniel Jones. And then, you know, this past year, they've, like, tamed it down, ran a lot of stick concepts, curl concepts. How does that mix, this wide receiver group that, you know, could make these big plays, mix with Teddy Bridgewater, who's been, you know, notoriously conservative for his career? I think it's going to be interesting because I agree. That has been the knock on Bridgewater. The thing with Bridgewater, though, even though he's been probably too conservative, it's not that he's not able to throw the ball downfield. He's been accurate. He just doesn't right. deliver that much. And in a Shermer offense, I think he's going to basically have to kind of deliver it more often. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how how he picks his shots just because Shermer does dial up guys downfield. Um, and we saw in the preseason against the Seahawks and Bridgewater capitalized on it. I honestly thought that that was kind of how he took the job. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It's before Bridgewater was, you know, given the job, there was a debate, like, who do we want to see, Locke versus yeah. Bridgewater? And I think because, you know, because we, we know Pat Shermer is as good as anybody, it's like, well, Bridgewater's not going to make those bad decisions. And like you mentioned, it's like, just because he's been conservative doesn't mean he can't go deep, where it's like, you know, Patrick Graham could bait a guy like Drew Locke. Where where are you at with it? Were you, like, rooting for Locke to get the job or Bridgewater or what? I – well, I wanted the best quarterback to play. And the way the, way the preseason kind of played out – uh, after the Vikings game, there was a, it, it did look like Locke was starting to make it look competitive. Uh, and then when we saw the Seahawks game, it just, there was a clear enough separation between the two that I was pulling for Bridgewater at that point, because I think he's the one that gives the Broncos a better chance to win. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, in Locke, Locke, uh, I watched a little of him last year and he struggled. Um, how does the new corner uh, move into the defense? How does the new cornerback room? Cause it's totally revamped with, uh, uh, Darby, uh, Fuller, and then, you know, Patrick Sartan. How is, how is that playing out? Who's playing outside? Who's playing nickel? Who's like kind of been like the lead dog uh, going in camp so far? So that's going to be something that I'm actually watching for too, just because uh, during the preseason, the Broncos were playing their number one defense a decent bit. And Fangio uses a lot of nickel. And it, based on, like, base, it'll, it'll depend on what Garrett does. Like, obviously, if he goes into 12 personnel, and I know Garrett likes to use 12 personnel. Engram's right. injury might, you know, might influence that a little I bit. I honestly think it might keep it more because you have two, like, blocking-type tight ends and Rudolph and Caden. So I, I honestly think it might even influence more 12 personnel. And, and if they do do that, the Broncos will match them with their base defense. And then if their Broncos are in their base defense, I think we'll see Darby and Kyle Fuller on the outside. Uh, when they go into nickel, uh, they'll go into nickel the match against, you know, 11. Or if it's a passing down, I think we'll see Bryce Callahan come on for the slot. Um, but during camp, we heard a lot in Broncos country about how they were using a lot of dime and Fangio has talked a lot about how Patrick Sertan has learned three positions. So I do think that we will see Sertan rotate in on dime personnel as the dime corner. 
I also think that there could be snaps where he comes on as the boundary uh, because that's actually what he's best at. Right. That's interesting. So right now, if they're lining up in nickel, Sertan's probably like the odd man out right now. That's what it looks like right now. Okay. So that's why it's good to talk to you because I had, you know, I was expecting to see, see Sertan on the boundary uh, on Sunday. Now, this is something, you know, I, I mentioned your, your good corners, your good wide receivers. This is something that every team knows the best. Who is like the weak po- like point of every of your offense and defense where it's like, yeah. you know, like oh, we don't want you attacking this. I am really anxious to see how the interior offensive line holds up to you guys, just because you guys have Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence and the Broncos last year, they started Lloyd Cushenberry at center. He played, he was the only offensive lineman who played every single snap for the Broncos, but he was garbage. Um, And that's, you know, putting it kindly, honestly, he was the worst center in football. Uh, And he looked improved in the preseason, but he still was giving up a lot of pressure. Uh, He was not holding his anchor. Wasn't holding up against the Vikings backups. So that's definitely a concern. The Broncos have strong guards. So like, they'll be able to mitigate that a little bit, but it's definitely a concern. Um, so that's probably the biggest weakness on the offense. I, I have questions about the right tackle spot, but Bobby Massey is he's steady. So that should be okay. Um, and I don't know necessarily how much you guys are going to take advantage of the edge issues um, on defense. I think the biggest question mark is probably the fact that Bradley Chubb might miss the game. Just because I like Malik Reed, and I think Malik Reed is a competent starter, but he's not Bradley Chubb. Uh, last right. year in 14 games, Bradley Chubb had 58 pressures by Sports Info Solutions charting. Uh, in 16 games, Malik Reed had 35. So I know Malik Reed led the Broncos in sacks, but he actually wasn't generating as much pressure. And you guys run a lot of gap concepts, and that's going to be an issue for Malik Reed because he's small. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be able to get overpowered if you guys down block on him. Um, the other big question mark I have for this is the linebackers. The Broncos have good linebacker play, but they're not great athletes. Uh, that was going to be scarier for me if you guys had Ingram in this game. And if he plays, I will be obviously a little nervous about that. Um, but I think that Garrett does an okay job attacking the middle of the field. And that is the one area that the Broncos defense, they give up yards there a little bit because of the linebackers. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned him attacking the middle with, with the stick and stuff. So you mentioned Bobby Massey as, you know, being like, eh. To set a good bar for us, Cam Fleming is probably your backup at that spot. How much better do you think he is than Cam Fleming? Because we know him well as well. Yeah, I was interested. Uh, I thought Cam Fleming was going to make that competition a little bit closer in camp. And then basically all the reports out of camp is Cam Fleming looks like he almost was cut. Like he was cut and brought back, but there was a lot of talk at one point that he was just basically a complete disappointment, which is interesting because I watched your guys' tape with him last year. I thought he was okay. Um, I honestly thought that he was – if, if he figured out how to pass block better with Munchak, I thought he was going to take the job and it just doesn't happen. Uh, the questions with Massey that I have, he's tall and he's long, but he doesn't play like a long player. Uh, so against, against edge rushers who can get into his body, he's going to get overpowered because they'll have leverage on him because they can get up underneath him and push him back. Um, his anchor is probably adequate. It's not, it's not above average by any means. Um, I think as a, as a run blocker, he's okay. Uh, he's a good position blocker. But he's not – again, he's not going to overpower anybody. Right. Any other, like, little tidbits that, you know, Giants fans probably wouldn't know that you could throw out there for us? Uh, I think the Broncos are going to try and run a decent bit of Yankee. Uh, that's kind of like how Shermer dials up shot plays at around the 50-yard line. That's what he did last year uh, with us. Uh, I also think that we're going to see a decent bit of a flat – like, basically slant, slant flat. Um, that was kind of like one of Shermer's go-tos with Bridgewater in, pre- in the preseason. Okay. 
Okay. All right. That's interesting. All right, Joe, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you and follow you? Cause I, you know, I love bouncing stuff off of other, other teams and following you is kind of giving me some good info on the Broncos. Uh, so I am at Joro underscore NFL on Twitter. Uh, if you guys want to, I talk about the Broncos mostly, but I also talk a little bit about good teams. Uh, also, uh, if you want to listen to the pod, I am at cover two Broncos. Uh, I talk about the Broncos mostly, but I, again, dig into other stuff too. So, and then my I, writing is at my report. I, I listened to a good chunk of you with Mark Schofield, who we know well. So, uh, yeah. if, if people want to, you know, check that one out, that'd probably be a good one to see where the Broncos are at. I, Joe, appreciate you, uh, joining us. Definitely. Thanks for having me. No holds bad. He was, he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right, before we get to our weather fantasy quick pick segment with our friend Danny King, we got to talk about Roman. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players in the world strike out with bases loaded. Even Daniel Jones, who is the most perfect quarterback ever, trips on 80-yard runs. The best golfers in the world, wish Bobby was here to hear this, sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up a little short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, these are options you can go to getroman.com slash jomboy with roman you can get a free online evaluation ongoing care for ed all the comfort and the privacy from your home a u.s licensed healthcare professional they'll work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate it ships you free with two-day shipping which i like a lot the whole process is straightforward and discreet getting started simple go to getroman.com slash jomboy and complete an online visit Take care of your ED without leaving your home. I hate leaving home. I haven't left my home in a couple days because I've been doing talking football videos, getting ready for the talking giant season. I haven't left my home, and it's been wonderful. Don't leave your home and also fix your ED as well. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Thank you to Roman, and I now want to welcome on Danny King, weatherman Dan, back onto the program for our week one preview. I want to welcome on Danny King, weatherman Dan. I'm Dirty Dan. Dan. With, with Danny King, feels good to say that. What is the weather looking like for East Rutherford on 430, September 12th? We are so back. We got football. I brought back out the weather map. The weather map is so back right now, and I couldn't be more excited. Now, the weather... We're, Where's my weather app? All right, by the way, you see this? You see this L right here? You see the L right there? Usually they go Denver. They, they they it usually goes towards the east, towards East Rutherford. But guess what? That L right there is going to be heading back towards Denver on Sunday. That's kind yes. of outrageous. It's it's a new weather phenomenon, but it's going to happen. All right, Sunday at kickoff, it's going to be 86 degrees on Sunday. 86 degrees on Sunday at good old MetLife Stadium precipitation only 10 percent. there ain't gonna be an ounce of rain in the area or if it is then blame it on me because i didn't say what was coming towards uh the east coast uh that one day in new york city ended up being flooded so maybe that's a you know on me bad guy move sunny 86 degrees wind justin i know the wind's big for you it says there's gonna be uh uh what's that 11 mile per hour wind i like that a little, little mile breeze a little breeze with the 86 degrees in the line. get it yeah get get it going get the field going in the parking lot it's gonna be it's not like football weather, but it's I think it's prime September football weather. It's it's just gonna be one of those games. Great atmosphere, fans back in attendance, an emotional game nonetheless. But I think it, the weather's gonna be great. Great weather for Justin and the crew. Are we still doing trivia? Trivia? We're gonna have to hold off on this week. 
gonna... I forgot about it until just now too. So don't I, worry. I, you know what? You know what? Actually, a fun trivia question. Uh, I, I tweeted this out when in 2017, when the Giants went to Denver, Ben McAdoo kept hinting that he might change the play calling. Who ended up calling plays for the Denver game? What was his name? Mike Sullivan. Is that it, Justin? I, I, I don't know. Look at that, Bobby Skinner, offensive guru. It was Mike Sullivan. We found out on the Sunday Night Football broadcast when they were like, oh, look at that, Mike Sullivan is calling the plays. Yeah, what a, what a stupid season that was. All right, so what we got now is we do a fantasy draft where we draft only from the Giants and the team they are playing. Um, last year, just and finished in first with 630 points. We do, you know, PPR, PPR points. Uh, Danny finished second with 98 points behind Justin, and then I finished last, 131 behind. But I'm changing that this year. So Justin got to decide where he chose in the first one, and then we rotate it. So Justin's going first. Danny decided to pick third. I'll be picking second. Justin, who is the first pick of the 2021 Talking Giants Fantasy League? Um, I call what I did last year an ass-kicking. And I'm going to be taking Saquon Barkley. I just want to kind of keep it simple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, wow. I mean, you know, what What am I going to do? Jerry Judy, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay. You know, I feel like it's it's automatic that if, if, we're in the goal, if we're in a goal line situation, Saquon Barkley's got to get that touchdown. And the, it's very likely that if the Giants are going to score a touchdown, it's not going to be on a big explosive play. It's going to be in the red zone, and it's going to be kind of punching it in. And I think they want to get Saquon that touchdown. I think that'll be a big morale booster. So give me Saquon, and even if he gets 10 carries, he'll probably get a touchdown in there. So I was not expecting that. Because I was going to pick Saquon first. Like I was like, I was like, there's no way Justin's going to pick Saquon first. But where over on, we did this a couple weeks ago, over under nine and a half carries for Saquon Barkley, both of you. Danny King, you go. I'm going to say over, but by like a minimum, by like 10, maybe 11. Yeah, I'm, I'm going slightly over too. Me too. I said under a couple weeks ago. Now I'm just like, you know what? They're going to play this guy. Jason, it was funny. Jason Garrett, by the way. Like they've been just tempering expectations and like, you know, it's taking it day by day and we'll see where he's at tomorrow. And Jason Garrett's like, he's a hundred percent. So um, <laughs> uh, like I thought that was a, uh, thanks Jason. I was like, you just like tore down everything that they've been trying to do. Like just lo- temper expectations. And Jason Garrett's like, yep, hundred percent ready to go. So I am going to my backup plan for who I was hoping to get. And I am going Kenny Galladay. Like, do I need to? Do we need to go revisit why we got this guy and the you know the whole episode? And honestly, like I'm not worried about chemistry with Daniel Jones when it comes to Kenny Galladay. Like I'm really not. Look at Darius Slayton and their chemistry that Daniel Jones had their rookie year, and and Darius Slayton missed all of camp essentially, and then missed the first two games of the year. Like Darius Slayton didn't get any chemistry with Kenny Galladay. And Darius Slayton's not the type of player that Kenny G is. So I'm expecting a touchdown. I'm expecting our defense to play really well against the receivers, and they have a trio, so it's not like there's one alpha dog that's going to get those touches from them. So I'm going Kenny Galladay with my first pick uh, for 2021. Uh, I mean, you got it. The guy's got to play out to the expectations. Kenny Galladay probably would have been my pick anyway. My first pick, I'm going to have to go with the, what if I believe, the longest tenure giant on the roster right now, Sterling Shepard. Mm. I feel like Sterling Shepard with Kenny Galladay, I feel like Sterling Shepard might draw a little more attention because Evan Ingram's out, but he might benefit from a quote-unquote full, hopefully fully healthy Saquon Barkley back. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, could t- I, I think him and Daniel Jones have a good connection, and Daniel Jones can trust him to get the job done. Then my second pick is going to be well, Kyle Rudolph. Oh, well, oh, oh. With, with Shepard, 
Wow, we're going all Giants for the first four picks. Shepard is going to get you 12 points every week. Like, he is yeah, the most consistent yeah. pick. Like, you know, it, like every week, Shep's going to give you 12, and then there'll be weeks where he gives you 20. So, like, he's the most consistent pick of, of this draft this all year. Like, Shepard is always going to – you're never going to have, like, those nine-point games total that we had last year when you picked Shepard. Yeah, he, he guarantees you fantasy points. And if you want to at least keep up in this, Sterling Shepard's a guy. And then, obviously, I, I already said it. I'm going to take Kyle Rudolph. I won't dive too deep into it because, obviously, we have a segment for that later. But it's obvious why Kyle Rudolph is the pick if you've just been following along. He's 11th on my big board. I got I got faith with him. I picked him up in uh, fantasy immediately. The moment I heard Ingram was going to be out, he was picked up. I mean, what's like a stat line you're looking for, like to be the like five catches, forty five yards, and a touchdown? I believe so. I you you said Saquon might be their big guy in the Kyle Rudolph is going to garner those red zone targets. That's something they haven't had in recent years. Was a tight end that can go up and get it. Ingram because he had the butterfingers. Kyle Rudolph can easily be the guy in the end zone that is like their main go to. I just feel like to get good value with Rudolph, it's like you got to get two touchdowns in a game for Rudolph. But every time I I criticize a Danny pick, it ends up like biting me in the ass. Like Cam Sims has a touchdown in a hundred yards. So I mean, it's also okay. interesting because Evan Ingram was just flat out just not an option in the intermediate part of the field last year. And we do know that Daniel Jones does like to have his tight ends be options and checkdown options in the middle of the field. And that's what Jason Garrett, I think that was a staple of his offense in Dallas with Jason Witten, Hall of Fame player, and Kyle Rudolph, certainly not that. But he's certainly a better route runner. He's a smarter route runner of kind of sitting and finding those zones. So it's I'm going to be interested to see if like Kyle Rudolph can take that relationship that he had with – if Kyle Rudolph can have the relationship that he had with Daniel Jones and Katie and Smith in 2019. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Okay. Um, I am going – with who was third on my big board, and he is the player. This guy worries me more. No, I won't say that. He doesn't worry me more than Von Miller. But after Von Miller, this guy worries me more than anybody on the Denver Broncos, and that's Jerry Judy. Like, I think this guy's going to have a stellar year. And you look at, you know, their wide receiver trio. Sutton and Patrick are going to be playing on the outside. We have Bradbury and Jackson on the outside. We got Holmes in the middle. I think they're going to attack. I think they're going to try and attack that um, that spot. And the one player that I'm worried about and excited to see the way Patrick Graham schemes against is Jerry Judy. But he is um, – I, th- I think if there's anyone on that team where you're like, they're going to have a really big game, it's Jerry Judy. So I'm going Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's a good pick. Um, does have the highest upside out of all of them, all those receivers, partially because if he's going to be lining up in the slot, Darnay Holmes will be there. But, you know, we – you know, hey, is Xavier McKinney going to come down and play the slot? Is Logan Ryan going to come down and play the slot? But still, you know, he probably has the most talent out of all of them. So, well, I'm going to go with next. McKinney well, versus Judy, Alabama or Alabama. Maybe there's – maybe there is a little bit of that. Like, I ooh. know what makes this guy tick. Yeah. I am going to go with Noah Font. Tight end from the Denver Broncos. Um, You know, hopefully we're looking at the wide receivers and the Giants corners are clamping those guys down. Now, since Judy's off the board, I'm going to go with Font, where you know, this guy could be open in the middle of the field if the Giants do want to run a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Teddy Bridgewater has been known to be a check down Charlie and not really throw the ball deep throughout his career, so Font can be the guy in the middle of the field that can be open for him. So that's going to be first pick, my or my second pick. And then on the go round, I am going to take Javante Williams. Damn it. Oh, I wanted yeah. Javante. Son yeah. Rookie, yeah. Rookie second round pick, running back. Um, you know, Vic Fangio said the other day, we're not – at all against playing him in any situation, any time of the game. 
you know, Shermer was like, we Shermer in his press conference today was like, we rode Saquon into the ground his rookie year. He's like, I'm not afraid to do it with a rookie again. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, Mel, he's going to be competing with carries Melvin Gordon, but Javante Williams is certainly a more exciting player. So, um, on the go around, I got him. Oh, that pisses me off. Solid stuff. Um, I'm a big Javante believer, but I'm also a believer in our run defense. I don't think anyone's going to like tear us up. Um, but I, I was looking at, at, at Javante there. I'm going to another wide receiver, Court, Cortland Sutton. Yeah. You know, I had 1,100 yards in 2019, miss all last year. Um, if you ask me which one would maybe get a touchdown, I could see it being Sutton, you know, because they're not going to always have Bradbury following him around. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going Cortland Sutton with my third pick. Danny. Final two picks for Danny. Mm-hmm. It gets really interesting here because honestly, Kadarius Tony's on the board. I'm not taking Kadarius Tony because we don't even know how he's going to be used. That's certainly an interesting option. Uh, option, I should say. Darius Slade and another. I'm going to have to go Devontae Booker. I feel like he's also going to be a factor in this because no way they're running Saquon out there fully 100. percent I, I I just don't believe Jason Garrett. We we said he barely gets over the nine and a half carries. So Devontae Booker is going to play a factor in this game. Hopefully he racks some points for me. And then I'm going to have to take probably the other receiver on the board, Tim Patrick. I feel like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater has a lot of weapons and the Giants are going to have to prepare to guard a lot of quality players like Noah Font, Jared Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton coming off the ACL. So I feel like Tim Patrick is definitely going to earn some reps. And I just can't right now get behind Darius Slayton after the down year he had last year. We are going to run the ball, you know, with your Booker pick. I do see us trying to run the ball, and I do, and I want the Giants to run the ball a good amount th- this year um, because we do think they have a good run-blocking offensive line and to ease up some of the pass rush. And, you know, it's it's a offensive line struggle earlier in the year, and they get better as the year goes on. It's just the way things uh, – the NFL goes. It's, it's a, a unit that needs cohesiveness. So I, I do th- agree that Booker I – th- I really do think Booker and Saquon will get the equal amount of touches. Um so I, I can like I said over. I'll say Saquon eleven, Booker nine for carries uh, on Sunday. Be- because the thing is, as well for me, like it's a short week, and they have to imagine they want Saquon available in a pivotal divisional game in the second week of the season. So you don't want to run him into the ground in his very first game. You want to be conservative with him and hope that because we don't know what his condition is like in a full sixty minute game give him the time and then he can come back week two and be the Saquon we remember hopefully remembered from 2018 or just pre-injuries that have hampered Saquon the past two years yeah and also you do you uh, compile Saquon stats in um, Maryland um, in Washington DC in the FedEx whatever the stadium is called um, a dumpster the yeah the dumpster his stats there are insane so <laughs> that's like the best stadium that he's uh, that he's played at so all right, my last pick. This is a tough one. Melvin Gordon's first is the he's the top guy on my big board right now. But Tony and Slayton are staring me down right now. And it's like I've I already went two Broncos. You know what? Take Tony. I am gonna take a freaking risk. And I'm going Kadarius Tony. Welcome to the risk train. My fantasy team this year is called the is is Tony the Tigers. Um, so a little fun fact there. I am going with Kadarius Tony. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna make a big play. So I am going Kadarius Tony. Gordon, Gordon was on my big board. Slayton felt like a safe pick, but I had Kenny Galladay, so I'm not gonna go Slayton with with having Galladay. Justin, I'm gonna go Darius Slayton. 
I'm going to go Darius Slayton. You know, Tony, I can imagine it. He he could have a significant involvement in the actual game and where, of course, like if he pops a big play, that's good fantasy points for Bobby Skinner right there. But I do feel like the trio is going to be Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay for the majority of the game. And this is going to be the game where Darius Slayton is not getting cornerback one treatment and he was not getting cornerback one treatment in 2019 too, when he was like an unknown commodity. So what can you do? Big dog. Can you produce a big play? Can you produce a big touchdown? Kind of like you did the start off the season last year. You can tell that we're a lot deeper with our weapons this year where Melvin Gordon is left on yeah. the board. Like last year, we were literally picking Alfred Morris and Caden Smith <laughs> in these drafts. <laughs> and this year, Melvin Gordon, like I can very well see in the way that are these fancy drafts always going. It's like a player we don't pick goes off. Melvin Gordon is now going to like, like be the best fantasy performer. Oh, a hundred percent for the Broncos. But I'm, I'm going to be honest, the player after Fant, I was not picking him just strictly off his last name. I wasn't even attempting. To say I know that. he was last on my big board. I still <laughs> had, I even put Ingram ahead of him. I was like, you know what? I'll just maybe on, on a miracle Ingram plays. <laughs> um, and then I had Hamler. Uh, and Smith and Caden Smith above both of them. All right. So that uh, Justin has Saquon Barkley, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, and Darius Slayton. I have Kenny Galladay, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Kadarius Tony. And Danny has Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph, Devontae Booker, and Tim Patrick. So Danny has the most Giants. And myself and Justin are both two, two and two on with both teams. All right, Justin, you get to pick first in the draft, which means you get to pick the first giant factor. And if uh, I explain this to start the season and then I won't at the end of the year, Giant Factor is essentially just your X factor for this game. But we call it Giant Factor because it's a play on words. Justin, who is your Giant Factor? Touched on him at the beginning of the show, and I'll keep mine kind of short and sweet. It's Nate Solder. Nate Solder, you want to come out here and you want to play? You want to play uh, you know, 17, 18 games, however many games are in this NFL season? You want to play every week? Well, it starts right here. Go out there and prove it. Or do you want to just kind of collect your base salary, collect your paycheck, and just play one more final year in the NFL before you're cut and then you retire? Um, that's up to you. So start it out this Sunday. Let's see it, big dog. Root for you. You got to root for the guys in blue. Um, even though I don't think it's going to be good, um, prove me wrong. Go out and prove me wrong. I'm already shaving my head for you on Monday. So oh, oh, I was about to say, Justin does have that one request. Don't play the literal first snap. Play the, every other snap after that. Well, yeah, that would definitely confirm Joe Judge listens if he did that. Like, I don't want to – he's like, you know, he's like, I love Wall watching the show i just don't want to see justin with a shaved head. big justin so panic guy um he's like i love justin i just don't want to see his bald ass head so <laughs> so uh that i'm actually really looking forward to justin shaving his head because i'm gonna make so many like skinhead and cancer jokes about him there you go it's <laughs> like your dog lucy head <laughs> that blues clues video just sent me off this week uh, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh oh man just we're i can't wait for this sticker to come out it might be our best sticker um my giant factor kenny galladay has been you know he's been missing camp new addition saquon barkley we know the deal with him Kadarius tony basically missed all of camp slayton you know he had a big drop when he came in and played in that end that preseason uh with the starters but you know who's been there for daniel jones and you know who compl- caught 80% of his uh, passes for Daniel Jones? Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard is my giant factor this week. You have the most chemistry with Daniel Jones. When you when Daniel Jones throws you the ball, you catch it. But do something with it. Be the chain mover. Be the guy that puts us on first down at second and three to make our offensive coordinator feel more comfortable with taking some shot plays. 
to the Kenny Galladay. So you do your job, you move the chains and set it up for the big plays for the other guys. Set it up to where their linebackers are watching their slot receiver and then bam, Saquon out of the backfield has an angle and we're having big plays. Have it where, you know, they're looking at Kadarius Tony and they're like, oh, we got to watch him. They're trying to use him. Be that guy. So Sterling Shepard, you are the longest tenured New York Giant on this team. You're the only one who's won a week one game before. You know what it takes to win on week one, even though that doesn't carry over. But it's a fun fact. Sterling Shepard, you are my giant factor for week one. Beautifully said. Sterling Shepard, uh, I, I think he's arguably one of the most important players on this team. He's been there for us. He's been consistent for us. He, he, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing, and the reps will come, and he won't have to end with Kenny Galladay and all that. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a nice year for Shepard. I said Rudolph was going to be my giant. I didn't. I hinted at it. Rudolph is my giant factor. Here's my reason. Here's my reason. Obviously, Evan Ingram's out. So, I mean, what, what's new there? Kane and Smith. He, I mean, he's been on the uh, uh, the the practice list with an injury, but he'll probably play. But I think Kyle Rudolph's going to get a majority of these snaps. Justin, you talked about. You mentioned Jason Winnen. Obviously, I'm not comparing Kyle Rudolph to Jason Winnen, but maybe Jason Garrett didn't feel comfortable using the middle part of the field, the intermediate part of the field with Evan Ingram based off just Evan Ingram's just that's I just don't feel like that's his game. Evan Ingram's a guy that you could send deep. He, he's a wide receiver basically playing tight end. That's what it is. Kyle Rudolph can get those red zone targets. Kyle Rudolph could be that tight end at Duke, Brian Porras, Duke gang legend. That tight end at Duke, I forgot his name. No gray. Daniel oh, no, Jones. It was Daniel Helm. Is what the it, one you're talking it was, yeah. Daniel Jones loved that tight end. That dude. That was the one thing I remember watching. He loved that tight end. That's his safety blanket. And we all know Jason Garrett does a very run crazy scheme, a crazy scheme. At least we saw that last year. Kyle Rudolph could be a safety blanket for Daniel Jones. He could be a red zone target for Daniel Jones. He could be someone that this offense that when we come to the trade deadline, Kyle Rudolph could be the reason why Evan Ingram's gone because this is what the Jason Garrett envisioned at tight end all this time, but he didn't have it. Kyle Rudolph, I need you to have a big game. You you, you started off on the wrong foot when you signed the contract. You said, hey, guys, by the way, I need a foot surgery, so that's going to be a bummer. Kyle Rudolph, go out there, dominate for me, please. Get this week one win. Like Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph's been a part of many week one wins. Kyle Rudolph's not going to garner so many targets, but he's going to be, I believe, a major factor in this first game. Very nice. So we all win offense. So offense, we, uh, we, need, we need all three of these guys to perform. All right, pick them. We're going to keep it quick because we are running a little late right now. Thursday night football season opener, Cowboys at Bucks. Listeners uh, represented by Hari Nair. He was uh, a Patreon. We do a raffle for T-shirts, and uh, you also, you know, can get a chance to be the guest picker. The listeners are picking the Bucks. I am picking the Bucks. Guys, are we all going Bucks here? Yeah. yeah. Affirmative. Simple enough. Cowboys, we're going to make the joke that the Cowboys are in the last place by the end of by the time you're listening to this podcast. Very excited. Seahawks at Colts. Listeners went Seahawks. Justin, where are you going with this point? Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are not playing, right? I think Carson Wentz is. is playing. I'm not sure. About Wentz Nelson. is playing. It's so strange because they have like that same injury where it's like if you're a Yankee fan, remember what Greg Bird had a couple of years ago where he had to get a bone removed from his foot and then he wound up getting multiple bones removed from his foot. And I think that's like the same injury that they both have and they have the same timetable. So I'm still going to go Seahawks. So Nelson returned the practice for oh. FYI for talking football. Good for them. Oh, there you go. I, I am going Seahawks as well. I'm, I think the Colts are going to kind of have a down year. I mean, I'm just not like Carson Wentz was really bad last year. So I'm, yeah. I'm going Seahawks. Danny. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go Seahawks just because we just haven't seen Carson Wentz in this offense and they're lacking T.Y. Hilton, who is still a major factor for that team. 
Chargers at Washington. Listeners going Chargers. I'm going Chargers as well. I think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs this year, and I think Washington is a little overrated. Um, and I, I, I just, I just think uh, Rayshon Slater is uh, Chase Young's daddy. So I don't like when you say daddy. Um, I'm going to go Chargers. Daddy was in there. I'm going to go Chargers. To the fair. Just Chargers. 12 of uh, Justin Herbert's 31 touchdown passes last year came from 20-plus yards. Fun fact. Oh, look at that. Pulling out the stats. Big Justin Herbert guy. Like I said, I am still mad. He cared more about his education than being drafted by the New York Giants in 2019. <laughs> still mad about that. Uh, Chargers are a very good team, even though I, I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, Chargers, Chargers. Steelers at Bills. Danny, which, one are, which way are you going on this one? Uh, I mean, TJ Watts got me fired up. After yeah, just walking totally into Arlene's fake office, story. That, there's no just, way that's real. Then just saying, I'm gonna go work out. So with that said, I gotta work out. So with that said, look at me, look me dead in the eyes right now, people. If that happened in a movie, we're like no, this nobody dramatic. circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Bills. Dan is going Bills. Justin, where are you going? It's actually kind of crazy. So I just did my five best and one worst positional thing, and T.J. Watt was the most dominating player out of all of the positions that I did with like 86 points out of a possible 100. So go check out those talking football videos on YouTube. I'm going to go bills though. I'm going Steelers just because we've been agreeing too much. So I'm going Steelers. <laughs> I think the Steelers are going to stink this year. Listener. I don't, I don't, I, that division is really good, but I, I, I had the Ravens were my, my pick to win the division, but now they're all getting hurt. Listeners yeah. went bills as well. The San Darnold Bowl, Jets at Panthers. Listeners went Jets. I'm going Panthers. The Panthers are my surprise team this year. I think the Saints are going down, are, are trending down, and the Panthers are trending up. Uh, I am going with Sam Darnold and the Panthers to make Jets fans cry. Like it's it, How brutal is that, that the QB that they screwed up is going to beat them in week one? I'm going Panthers. Justin? I'm going Jets. Um, I, oh. I, I, I'm excited for Sal. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, in New York, I'm excited for Zach Wilson um, to see what he can do in that offense, you know, because you have a lot of the San Francisco minds that are heading to New York and they followed Salas. So give me Zach Wilson. I think Sam Darnold's going to see some ghosts. I hate that. I just made that joke. Maybe he'll. Uh, who do you got? What was that? He, he got, oh, was it mono? Was that disease? No, not mono. That's the completely wrong disease. When Sam yeah, Darnold got, got that disease, yeah, he had mono. mono. Maybe he'll catch a case of mono. Maybe he'll give a case of mono to the Jets. Uh, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Sam Darnold, they're going to destroy the Jets. They're going to, it's their revenge game, even though I do like Robert Sala. And I just like the Jets in general. I just don't see them doing it against Sam Darnold this week. Panthers have, or the Jets have a horrible defense. Browns at Chiefs. This is a lot of people's AFC championship. Uh, pick listeners went Chiefs. I'm also going Chiefs as well. I'm not comp. I'm not trying to overcomplicate. The Chiefs are a really good team. They went 15 and one last year, and they lost in Super Bowl after both their tackles got injured in the playoffs. Um, I am I am going Chiefs as well. Danny, yeah, give me Kermit the Frog. Justin, yeah, yeah, revamped their offensive line and also paid their quarterback a lot of money, and they did it all in one off season. So give me the Chiefs. Dolphins at Patriots. Listeners went Patriots. Justin, who are you going? I'm going Patriots, and I thought that this was going to be – well, I guess the Jets over the Panthers is my big upset, but I'm going to go Patriots. It's going to be a little bit of an upset, and I'm confident in what they're doing over there in New England. I and I do think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, and I would probably pick the Patriots as just a better team this year. I do believe in them, but it's Mac Jones' first game. 
Um, I'm going to pick the Dolphins in this one. So next time we talk about Dolphins Patriots, I promise you I will pick the Patriots. But this week I am picking the Dolphins. Danny. Big Miami guy. Love the city. Love the Dolphins. Love Brian Flores. Battle of Alabama quarterbacks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rock, rock with Tua this week. The clearly better two quarterbacks, too, by the way. Jalen Hurts sucks is what I'm saying. <laughs> Final that's, why game. Not, that's why we're not even picking that game. Final game, Sunday Night Football, Packers at Saints. Listeners went Packers. I already gave, gave away my hand that I think the Saints are going to be bad this year. Um, I am going Packers. Justin? Packers. Danny? Uh, New Orleans is going to do it for their city. Give me New Orleans. Wow. For the city. They didn't do it for the city last time. They, <laughs> they didn't. So. <laughs> they actually like, like folded pretty yeah. easily. They're not uh, even in. No. Giants versus Broncos scores. Danny? This is the most winnable week one game I think the Giants have had in some time. Please just start off 1-0. I, I rather come back here on Wednesday when we film, if that's when we're doing it, in a happy mood and not have to hear people complaining on Twitter that, like, the season's over. Fire Dave Gelman. Fire Joe Judge. Get rid of everyone. Giants are going to win this one. They're going to start off the season right. It's a new era of Giants football. Giants, 20. Broncos, 10. Justin. Um, I'm going to wake up Sunday morning and think we're going to win, but right now I'm thinking we're going to lose. The Giants lose 23 to 13. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bring that energy week one. Week one. And we will win. And I'm keeping it simple, guys. I don't need to give you this big hype-up speech. Pat Shermer, forgive me for what we're about to do to you. Giants 77, Broncos 0. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday morning. Uh, if you want to join us live Sunday night on patreon.com slash talking giants, recapping a giants win versus the Broncos one and oh, we're going to celebrate way more than we probably should. We're having a good time. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the, all. I'm going to, I've done it on like three straight episodes, but thank you for supporting us this off season. If, uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, you're jumping on the talking giants train. Well, good luck. So we've got to whip this world's ass. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Monday until then. Let's go. Big blue.